0: Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 190, Hope as a Handhold. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable So I want to talk in this short episode about handholds and I'll say a little bit about hope in particular, but there are many handholds and what I mean by handholds, we've been exploring this so much in the Little School of Big Change um, graduate community where there's so many concepts that can feel incredibly helpful at a certain point in time and then they can feel very imprisoning and not at all helpful. And in fact, not even true. Like they're, they're sort of outgrown in a sense. So wisdom is an example. We just had a whole call in the community about wisdom. And, you know, wisdom is, is just a concept, just an idea that there is I don't know how you define it, but it's like there's some source of something that's helpful and wise and we can trust it and it's always there. And I know for me and for most of us probably having some sense at some point that there is some something called wisdom that is always there, maybe beneath our thinking or that's that's showing up at various times, and we can talk with each other about how we've heard our wisdom or felt wisdom or whatever however that might look. It can be really helpful when you're in a place where you think everything in life is all on you, and it never really even occurred to you that maybe there's there's some wind in your sails, you know maybe there's some place else to look. The idea that, oh no, we're actually wisdom and we have this connection with it and it's a constant source that's there for us, it's super helpful, right? Hope is is another one. It's it's just the same. So with, if you're feeling completely hopeless about something, I don't know how I'll get out of this. I don't know how this will ever change or ever look different. You're just completely hopeless around some other set of thoughts and ideas the 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 thought that, oh, no, maybe there's hope. Maybe there is hope after all. I still can't see how this will change. I don't know what it's going to look like. But suddenly hope enters the picture. It feels really expansive. It, you go from feeling very close to very open, which which to me is always sort of this sign of like, okay, that's our nature. Our nature is this infinite expansiveness truth and life and who we are is infinite expansiveness and yet we hang out in a smaller version of that a closed down restrictive version of that which feels contracted it feels like suffering it feels like it hurts that's what thought creates is a smaller more contracted version of this giant infinite expansiveness so a concept like wisdom or a concept like hope can feel incredibly expansive and that's awesome. And then <laughs> at some point, it's almost like we we outgrow these, you know, where, where, and this has been my experience, so where something can feel like, okay, no, there is hope, there is hope. And that gives you this little handhold. It's like you're climbing this mountain and there's that rock sticking out far enough that you can grab onto it. And it's amazing. And you feel like you need that at that time. But then you move past it and then you let go because now to hold on to that handhold for much longer would be limiting. You're ready to keep going. And same with these ideas like wisdom and hope and and most of the advice we get and motivation and encouragement. There's so many, so many things we could put in this. Any concept really could be a handhold that's later outgrown. So in the case of hope, let's say, It can be this amazing support to finally feel a little glimmer of hope. It can feel very expansive. But then when we really look at it, what is hope? Hope is a thought that says, I don't like this now. (laughs) This This isn't good how it is right now, but someday it might get better. And I'm guessing most of you listening to this, now, again, it's a weird way to think about hope because we're so conditioned to just think of hope as this wonderful thing. You have to have hope. Hope is so important, right? And, and I'm not denying that. Again, to a certain extent, at a certain point, it is really helpful and really important. But it's also an idea that quite literally, by definition, says now's is not good enough, but there's some other time where maybe they'll be better. And, you know, I hope you can hear it as I say that. Of course, that can't be the truth in the big picture. Of course, that has to be thought. That is is a story. That is a story that a mind tells. And it's a story, by the way, that a mind tells constantly throughout a lifetime, all day, every day, like about everything. That's the thing about this time-based, I mean, time only lives in a mind and its stories, this past and future-based story, really, me and my life that we're all living in. It is all centered around me and my life now versus my life before versus my life at some other point. And hope just folds into that story really neatly. So when we're in me and my life as a story, when we're fully in that, hope feels super important. And then as we kind of see, oh no, wait a minute, that's just a story hope suddenly looks a little different. (laughs) It just kind of looks like just part of the narrative. And it doesn't even make sense or resonate with me. I'll say like on, on any level right now that someday something better will happen and then I'll feel better. That's something to have hope around. I have hope that things will change. Well, yes, and in the story, but, in, but, but it's, it's impossible to not see that as a story because everything in that statement is just the way a mind talks. It's just a linear you know, time-based creation. Beyond that linear time-based creation, beyond that story, there's just this. Everything is this. And there is no better because there is no worse because there is no two. It's all this. It's all one energy all one energy. So that's another way to look at this, that these concepts in a, in a kind of dualistic story mind sort of way, again, they can feel really good or really bad or whatever, however they feel. And there's nothing, there's nothing right or wrong about any of that because it's all just how it goes in that dualistic story. But when we back up from the dualistic story that's just a story it's just how language is better and worse and now and then and later and and the whole thing is the whole thing collapses when we back up and see that it's really just this there's no such thing as later or before or better or worse so i think it's really cool to see this and and i hope what i'm what I really want you to hear as as we look at this is that there's nothing wrong with anything, you know, so i i I don't want you to hear this as taking handholds away because I've needed and used, I don't know if I've needed them, but I've used and had handholds forever. We all have, we all have, right? There's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. And it's not an either or, as you know, I talk about all the time. It's always an and. It's not that we should be not in this dualistic story of life. We should be shunning handholds. We should be only seeing things in a non-dualistic way. No, it does, I, I don't think that at all, at all. Apparently, because we do live in this dualistic world, that's how it's meant to be. I can't, I can't imagine that that's an accident or a problem. It's just for me at this point, and again, even what I'm saying now might be very outdated at some other point, I'm sure it will, but it feels really expansive to just see that it's both, to see that within the story, we're always looking for concepts and ideas and things that that kind of bolster us and help, help this separate me feel better within the story. And that's what wisdom is. And that's what hope is. And that's what so many of these other ideas and concepts are. And at the very same time, they're all ideas and concepts that apply to a separate me within a story. So one of the things that made me really think about this is um, I've been running, was running a workshop for people around health anxiety, people who have a lot of anxiety specifically around health concerns, their health, other people's health. And there were three people in this workshop. It's so a very small group, um, and they were awesome. And we, I love, I love this group so much. And they were learning from each other and seeing so so much. And we were going to have four sessions, and then take a break, similar to other workshops I've done like this that are now recorded courses. Um, do four sessions, take a month break or so. And then come back and do a follow-up. So we did, our f- we did our three sessions, our first three sessions. And in between our third and fourth session, one of our three participants had a heart attack. Now, remember, she's in a health anxiety workshop. So she was constantly anxious, constantly anxious for years and years about having a heart attack it was a huge thing. Her, her father had a heart attack at age 60. She's, I think, like 62. So, since her father had this heart attack at sixty almost died, had a quadruple bypass, he lived to be eighty something maybe ninety um so it was fine he you know it was a it was a thing for sure, but he made it through all of that but since helping her father through his heart attack when he was sixty, it's just she's she's lived with this hum of conversation and fear and anticipation of when and if this will happen to her. And then there's many other things as well, because you know how it goes. When a mind starts humming, it'll talk about all sorts of things. It doesn't just, just the heart attack might be its favorite story to tell, but it'll, it'll find adjacent stories, right? So there's, there's been stuff about all kinds of other health issues over the years, kind of woven into this, um, all kinds of stuff around COVID, and and what if the heart attack happens now, and I would have to be in the hospital all alone because of COVID restrictions and things like that. So this wonderful woman who I love so much, and we all love her in this workshop. We all love each other. There's such a great group. Um, has her heart attack, and she insisted. I'm coming to our fourth session. So she has her heart attack on the weekend. We we meet on Wednesdays. We met for our third Wednesday. We had our fourth Wednesday scheduled. She has her heart attack on a Saturday and is emailing me from the hospital bed on Sunday and Monday, telling me what happened, but saying, we have to meet i'm i'm fine i'm ready to do it unless i get interrupted by needing some kind of you know medical test or whatever i'm there it's important to me please let's meet this coming wednesday so we met this coming wednesday which was now a few weeks ago and oh my god i mean you'll uh, the course will be out at some point but there's it's it was just incredible what She had seen through this experience. Again, this is a person for decades of anxiety. I've seen her on Zoom for years now. I have never seen her look as light and free and unburdened as I had on that fourth call that we had three days after her heart attack. She so deeply saw, wow, that meaning the last 30 years or whatever. That was me living in a super thick, real feeling story of things that were not real. And I was so in that story that life was pretty miserable a lot of the time. And now that story has stopped. The story was all about all of these things that were going to happen and how horrible they were going to be. Well, they happened. She had the heart attack. She has been completely alone in the hospital besides a really amazing staff that she raves about all the time and a pastor that comes to visit her regularly. She's talked to her family on FaceTime and things like that, but this is happening during COVID. Her surgery, she needed a triple bypass, which she has now had um, and everything was successful and she's recovering nicely as we speak. But her surgery was pushed for a couple weeks because of other emergencies, and again, things related to COVID and other things, these were the things that she spent 30 years, not the COVID stuff, that was more recent, but all of this was 30 years of living in this as if it were happening. And she said to us, and then it happened, and not a single thing that happened was anything like what I sat around imagining for the last 30 years, none of it. She said, I knew I was having a heart attack. I called my husband. We got the emergency. I was sitting there peaceful and calm while we waited for the ambulance to come. She had so much anxiety in the past about riding in an ambulance with the lights on. That was like a huge thing. It was wonderful. She's, she's like, I was in the back of the ambulance. This This paramedic was holding my hand, talking to me the whole way through. And I realized how amazing it is that we have these vehicles that are able to turn their lights on and cut through traffic and get me to where I need to be fast. She's like, it was beautiful. It was an amazing experience. She's gone to the hospital. She's gotten the care that she needs. None of it, none of it turned out anything like what all of that thinking for 30 years told her it was going to be like. And when things actually happened, which is how our mind works, when things actually happened, like when she knew she was having a heart attack, and and all of these moments since, there's something to actually do. There's responding to real events in life, and and to hear her talk about it, she's like, it's just, it's just peaceful. It's just what's happening. There's a just extreme amount of presence. I'm just here making the decisions and doing what needs to be done. And, and there's just no, there's no chatter about it. It's, it's when things aren't happening, which is 99.9% of all of our lives, when things are not happening, but our mind is imagining them and making up stories that we suffer. So she's there. She's like, you know, talking. I mean, we're all in tears. She's talking to us in, in the most peaceful way. And she's like, it's just beautiful. I'm The food is delicious. I'm tasting it. She said, for the last umpteen years, I haven't had an appetite. I haven't eaten at home. I, I'm just present and I appreciate the food and I appreciate the care. And I'm watching shows and emailing people from my hospital bed. And yes, fear arises. And sometimes thoughts about what if arise, but I just see them for what they are. It's just stuff arising and it just arises and I see it and feel it and then it's gone. And then I'm just back to this moment. I mean, truly (laughs) just incredible, like just the level of peace that she feels is enviable. And she's laying in a hospital bed at that point, you know, awaiting a triple bypass So what was so obvious to me and to the other people listening to her was that there was no, there was, there was no handhold. There was no sense of, well, I have hope now. Now I shouldn't say it that way exactly, but it, she wasn't at peace because she had hope that everything would be okay. She was at peace deep, deep peace in everything exactly as it was, which is completely different from hope. She said, I don't know what's going to happen. Of course she doesn't. And if I don't make it through the surgery, I don't make it through the surgery. And if the surgery has to be pushed another two weeks because of other things happening, well, I have no control over that. That's what will happen and if it happens tomorrow, well, I have no control over that. That's what will happen. There's just a she she is and was that space within which all of these stories and scenarios and handholds and concepts can arise and just fall. They show up and they fall. But what was so clear and what was very important to me to point out to the other the other people in the workshop is that this was not this was not her stumbling upon a nicer story. This was not her being in like, oh, well, I'm sure it happened for a reason and now it's out of the way and I don't have to worry about it anymore and I have hope that it, it'll all be fine. No, not at all. That is, that is not peace. You know, that's, that's a handhold. It's a nicer feeling story. It was not about hope. I'm just imagining the best possible outcome and I'm walking my seeing myself in my mind, walking out of here, skipping out of here, full of health. No. She's like, I don't know. Why would I make up? What might happen? I don't know what might happen. I have no idea what's gonna happen. The peace is beyond all of that. So it just, oh, I I I'm not explaining it nearly, not even close to. The experience you ha- would have of listening to her talk about this, but it, it just—it just was so so clear. Again, given all all of this conversation we've had elsewhere about handholds and these ideas that. That we're just talking about two completely different things. There's nothing wrong with hope. If she, if her mind had not fallen quiet from all of these stories and she was still in all these giant waves of what if scenarios and just full on anxiety that felt absolutely real, then yeah, maybe, maybe a hopeful story, a hopeful scenario that she could replay and hold on to, that would feel better than a horrible scenario. No question. But can you see how it's a completely different thing than what I'm talking about, that, than what she's actually experiencing? I mean, it's night and day, completely, totally different. There was just no need or no reason or no room for hope in in, in this, in now, because hope is a story of what might be someday. And she's feeling so peaceful because she's just here now. She's not in what might be someday. So in that place where she was just in this now without a lot of story that needs to change or really not being in the story of things much at all, noticing it arise, but not living in that place exclusively, there's just nothing really to do or say. You know, she she wouldn't need, and this is for all of us, like there's no advice needed. You know, advice is, is something that's given to a separate knee as advice about how to have a nicer experience. Do this, try that. Maybe that'll make your experience nicer. Nothing wrong with it. When I'm feeling like a full-on me and I don't like my experience and I want a nicer experience, I'd like some advice. But, but see really how that requires feeling like a full-on separate me. It requires saying, I don't like this experience, and I think a nicer one is out there somewhere and I'd like to have it. Now again, that is where most people live their lives. So we don't need to we don't need to have a, a crappy experience of me and my life. There's no need for that. I'm wonderful that we have advice that that hope is out there, that there's encouragement, all of these things. But as we zoom out a little bit, back up a little bit and see, oh, this is that narrative of me and my life and here's what's happening. Within that, some advice could be helpful. Within there, advice looks really important or really needed right now. But as I just back up a tiny bit more, all of that starts to fade. It starts to kind of shimmer and just all blend together. And there's really just this. And the story is seen as a story. And the separate me is seen as a story. Because that's what it is. It, it's a dream. It's a dream we live within, right? And when we wake up, we see the dream as a dream. I don't mean like, I'm not talking about waking up in some big way. I'm just using the dream as an example. But as you wake up from a nighttime dream, a sleeping dream, you see the dream as a dream. There's no more solutions needed. And that, that happens here too. And again, I'll say it a billion times, like advice is fine, feeling like a separate me is fine, apparently that's part of part of what this does, part of what life does is it creates this experience of separation and and the thrill of a game where we can win and lose, and sometimes we need hope, and sometimes some advice can help, you know, and sometimes some motivation, sometimes we need some encouragement, all wonderful for a me and as we back up a little bit, and all of that starts to shimmer and the and get fuzzy, and then it all just collapses into this oneness, just completely unnecessary and seen only as something that happens within the story so I hope that this conversation feels expansive. It's okay if it doesn't, it doesn't have to. It definitely isn't feeling that way for everyone listening. That's totally fine, but if it feels expansive, you know to just have that sense of oh there's a there's a this where all of these things look necessary and needed, and then there's a backing up where all of it is seen as completely irrelevant and just you know a handhold along the way in the story of me and my life that's awesome if it feels that way, you know if it if it and that's all we're looking toward here it's always both it, this, there is nothing in the least little bit wrong. With the story. The story is also just this. Everything is just this. It's just appearing as a story of separation. It's appearing as a story of a hopeless person who could use a little hope. Wonderful, beautiful, amazing. It's all good. <laughs> it truly is all good. But I hope that if, you've, if you're listening and you've been like me in a place where you're kind of scratching your head and saying, wait a minute, how in the heck were these concepts so helpful to me at some point? And now they just feel like a like, like I don't want to hold on to them. That's what I want to encourage in you. You don't need, they were never meant to be there forever. Nothing is. So if the idea of wisdom being this thing you can call upon and listen to was super helpful, me too. And if now that's starting to look like, yeah, I don't know if wisdom is this thing and there's a calling upon it that happens, it, it, isn't it all wisdom? isn't everything wisdom? Isn't everything just one thing? Isn't it all life or energy or whatever we want to call it? And it sure seems pretty wise. Well, that's okay too. It's natural and normal that we, we feel like we're using these handholds for a period of time and then we see through them. You know, if hope has gotten you, feels like it has gotten you through things in life and has just been such a gift, amazing, me too. And if now or at any point, hope begins to look a little bit like, oh, wait a minute. Why am, I, why am I pinning everything on some imaginary time that doesn't exist and assuming there's something better waiting out there? I don't know about that. Well, that's beautiful too. And if it doesn't look that way right now, that's beautiful too. Use your hope. Enjoy your hope. There's not a thing in the world wrong with it. It's such a gift, such a gift to feel hope and such a gift to outgrow it if that's what happens. And same with motivation and encouragement and advice and all kinds of other things in this vein that we could put in this category. You know, I always wondered in the three principles conversation, there are three principles. And I remember hearing a couple years into that conversation, someone saying just very, just not, didn't make a big deal of it at all. Just kind of like a little offhand comment. Well, there's really just one principle. And I was like, huh? <laughs> then why do they call it three? And why do they have three different names? And but that was so expansive for me to see, oh, and that just resonated. Of course, of course, there's not a magic number of anything out there, you know. There, of course, there's not three principles, of course, it's one thing. It's just chopped up and looked at as a way to sort of see something. And that can be in a a beautiful handhold. It was so huge for me to be able to see how these things, made up things that aren't really things, these concepts called mind, thought, and consciousness came together to create our experience. Wow. And then equally as giant and expansive at some later point to see, yeah, that was all made up. (laughs) It helped you, great, but it was all made up. It's really just one that was just as, if not more expansive and helpful. So that's all I want to do with this conversation is just have you examine some of these ideas and concepts that feel like very real things, but but maybe you notice them shift in time and just to encourage you and like let you know that's so normal and okay and beautiful, however it unfolds is absolutely perfect. After a very long, very virtual two years, the amazing Little School of Big Change live event is back. We'll gather in person from June 3rd to 5th in Chicago for two and a half days of connection, exploration, and a lot of hugs, laughter, and insights around this year's theme, which is life appearing as everything. I would love to gather and immerse in this conversation with you in person in Chicago in June. For full details and to save your seat with the early bird pricing, visit dramyjohnson.com slash LSBC Live 2022.